Welcome back to Baking to the B-Movies. My name is Ashley. And my name is Steph. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited for today's episode. You you told me what movie we are going to be covering. I knew I had to rewatch it. I did like a lap around the local track just to burn off some of the <laughs> anger. <laughs> some of the anger that I have associated with this movie. Um, but I'm ready. I rewatched it. I got angry all over again. I'm so excited to talk about it. But before we get into it, I feel like we should revisit um, uh, the last episode, which was our first episode, which I'm very, very proud of, where we covered 2003's Dead End. And we, well, I made a chocolate pumpkin pie. And I had said during the podcast, like, oh, maybe we'll do like a live taste <laughs> test. And we didn't do that. We, we no, ended up just kind no. of sitting in the kitchen eating it and... <laughs> I was gauging your reaction, and would you like to tell the audience how the pie was, Steph? Um, it wasn't terrible, <laughs> <laughs> but the ganache was a little thick. <laughs> and I, I had said, too, like, I put water in it to try and, like, water it down just a little bit because it was, like, fudge, and I'm like, oh, this is too much, but it was still pretty, pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. Um, it was still, you know, pumpkin and sugar and chocolate, so you can't really... Um, can't really go wrong. Yeah, you can't really <laughs> go wrong with that. Um, it was a little rich, as I mentioned. Um, and I, I did go a little heavy handed with the pumpkin spice. That was that was something that you and I, we, we took a bite. I kind of flinched. I looked over. <laughs> I looked over. You were flinching. <laughs> My apologies. I was like, it needs more pumpkin spice. And I was like doing like little taste test. I'm like, nope, it needs a little bit more. Maybe maybe just like another pinch. And I, I did one pinch too many. And it was it was pretty potent it was okay i mean like i said like we ate it all week <laughs> like it was still pumpkin pie <laughs> so so just to confirm like when i left when we filmed the last episode and i was like bye and i backed out of your driveway you didn't immediately throw it in the trash no i did not no <laughs> okay, no no i didn't no we definitely kept it you know we like sweets so it was good enough okay okay well <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah i just threw it into the into the middle of the road <laughs> Let the bears let, have it. Let, let the animals have it. Yeah. Um, so the recipe is up on our Instagram. You can go and find it. Um, the The amount of pumpkin spice that is in the recipe is the correct amount. I <laughs> I actually doubled it, which I should not have done. Um, so that recipe you can follow and it will taste a, a lot better than what I pulled off. But today's recipe is going to be amazing. And we're going to get into, into that one shortly. Um, but I feel like we should talk about the movie first. And Steph, would you like to tell the audience what movie we're going to talk about? Yes, this movie is so great that it doesn't even have to have the whole title. <laughs> this movie is te <laughs> Texas Chainsaw 3D. 3D. <laughs> Not even the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Doesn't even need a full title. So you know it's good. <laughs> They could have even broken it down to TCM 3D. <laughs> that right? been all about it. Um, so other than the Halloween franchise, I think that my favorite horror franchise is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I love all of the movies, sans this one. Um, well, no, there's a few bad ones. I love all of the... <laughs> They're all bad. <laughs> They're all bad. I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's my favorite horror franchise, right along with Halloween. And you and I 
actually went and saw this in theaters. We saw it like opening weekend. Yeah, we were super excited because 3D. <laughs> we're like, oh man, the chainsaws are going to be coming right at us. <laughs> well, we had also seen, I think before this, we had seen Saw 3D um, in theaters. And a- another terrible movie that we'll probably <laughs> we'll probably dive into eventually but that that one was you know people's heads are exploding in 3d it's like it's right in your face so we figured <laughs> like okay you know this this will be bad but it can't be that bad and i don't think this necessarily qualifies as a b movie just because it did have a pretty big budget it was right. it was theatrically released it wasn't like a straight to streaming straight to dvd right. kind of thing um, the 3D effects obviously cost a little bit of money, but it is terrible. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's a movie that we can absolutely discuss just because we kind of cover the grand scheme of all things horror and awful. And this fits the bill. Yeah, um, this movie actually uh, was made for, I want to say, around 20 million, oh which God. I don't actually know if that's low budget. Um I feel like compared to things like, say, the Titanic. <laughs> um, like if James Cameron made this movie, like, like Avatar I would, budget. I would, right. Like, I would absolutely watch James Cameron's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Might throw Toby Hooper for, uh, <laughs> for a loop. Oh, but <laughs> rolling over in his grave. Um, but yeah, but so it made, so it was made for 20 million and it actually brought in 40 million. So... I mean, think about it. How bad could it really be? It's, it still doubled what its budget was. $39 million too much. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a little bit too much. Fair enough. But, you know, and, they um, in the end, I guess. So this movie, it came out in uh, 2013. Um, it is just over an hour and a half long. It's another one of those movies that after an hour, you're like, get it over with. Get it over with. Um, Steph, would you like to tell us, because you had, you had described what the synopsis was for Dead End, would you Mm. like to tell us what, and, and I will try not to interrupt because I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. I have a lot of really (laughs) angry thoughts about this movie, but would you like to tell the audience what the, what the plot is of Texas Chainsaw 3D? I mean. Is there a plot? I mean, there's there. It's in Texas, and there's a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, sure. So it did come out in 2013. It's the seventh installment of the franchise. Um, it was supposed to serve as a direct sequel to the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <sighs> oh boy, I need which... a minute. <laughs> Already, I just need a minute. <laughs> um, it was intended to be the final chapter of the franchise, uh, ignoring all the events of the subsequent installments. Um. Which are horrendous. <laughs> well, have you ever seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2? What um, a joke. <laughs> was, I remember, like, was it the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, the next generation or something? I know there was one Leather that face had... in space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that has a nice ring to it. Ooh. We should make that. Ooh, I like that on our, on our canon power shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, okay. So it's story, uh, the story actually centers around a woman who discovers she's adopted. Um, she goes on a road trip with her friends because there's always friends involved. <laughs> Can't just um, go anywhere by well, yourself. <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start referring to them as casualties because <laughs> whenever you go on a road trip, you always bring casualties. So you know, just people to throw at the killer. Basically. <laughs> basically. Um, but anyway, so so she's adopted. She decides to um, goes uh, on a road trip with her friends to collect her inheritance. 
um, and then ends up encountering Leatherface, and then um, all havoc ensues, <laughs> which is the general gist of it, but we can get into the details as we move along here. Yes. So I want to talk about the very beginning of the movie, because obviously that is the setup to, like like Steph had said, this is supposed to be a direct sequel. So the very beginning of the movie kind of takes place right after the events of the 1974 original movie. Um, Sally has escaped in the back of a pickup truck. Leatherface is doing his weird chainsaw dance in the middle of the road. There's still like that tractor trailer <laughs> driver. Whatever happened to the tractor trailer driver? You know how he hits? Oh my God. What happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually watching the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I love that movie. That's a classic. Um, yeah, it's great. But I was thinking the same exact, exact thing. So, so <laughs> So, 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 Sally hard, so Sally is running, obviously. Um, the weird brother. The brother there the gets hit by the yeah. yeah, he gets hit by the truck, and you know, the truck stops. He lets Sally in. Obviously, you know, Leatherface is right behind him. But they exit out the other side of the truck. Like yeah. so they go into the they she crawls into the passenger side door, and both of them leave the truck through the I'm sorry, they go through the driver's side door, and then they both leave through the passenger door. Like, why don't you just go? Like, why don't you just drive away? So anyways, (laughs) so they get out, and they start running. And, you know, Leatherface is still after Sally. Sally finally, you know, gets picked up by some guy in a pickup truck. This truck driver just runs away. (laughs) Like, like, where are you going? There's no resolution to what happens to the tractor trailer driver. Right? And and so because this movie picks up right after that, you're you're kind of like, you know, it it shows that it's not recreated. It's the original movie. They show the ending of the original movie again. Mm -hmm. Sally's in the back of the pickup truck. She's taking off, uh, you know, Leatherface is doing his dance. Tractor trailer driver, we're assuming, gets murdered at some point. We just never see it. Um, But this (laughs) movie picks up right after that. So it's in 1974. Sally has gone to the police, the, which this is, there's just, there's so much, there's so much to unpack here. (laughs) What, so bear in mind now, Sally has presumably gone to the authorities. She Mm -hmm. has explained what has happened. There is this murderous family of cannibals. They have murdered all of her friends. They have murdered her brother. They tried to murder her. One cop shows up to investigate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Right? One cop shows up to this crime scene to investigate this entire family that have committed atrocities. He shows up. He's demanding that Leatherface, who is named Jed- Jedediah. I thought it was Jebediah, but it's, it's Jed- Jed- Jedediah. It's Jed, yeah. Um, he's demanding that the Sawyers send out Jedediah. Bear in mind, though, she has told the police the entire family is involved. They're all involved. But he just wants Jedediah. He wants Leatherface. Right. And the family is a little reluctant to send them out. And this is another thing is in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there are about five, maybe six Sawyer family members that we see on screen. Um, it's, you know, it's the dad. I think it's, it's even less than that. It, it might be even less than that. It's, it's not there's, a big household. Yeah, there's a dad, which is actually referred to as the cook. We assume the cook. he's the dad. I think he plays a role as a dad in the next sequels. Yes. But, um, yeah, there's him, obviously Leatherface. The grandfather. The grandfather. The, the brother. Son. Yeah, oh, yeah the, the brother. The hitchhiking brother that, yeah, they, that they have I picked up. Yeah, I think that's it. So, so now... All of a sudden... <laughs> there's now like, they're tearing down. They're like, oh, you know, this mob comes, right? Well, bear in mind, there's all of a sudden, and, and this is really important, is that the one police officer... 
one cop shows up to arrest one person, even though there's multiple people involved, there are literally suddenly 27 Sawyer members hanging around that house. Yeah. They're all, there's so many. Yeah. <laughs> and I Men, don't understand. Women, babies, children. <laughs> babies. Like, where did they come from? Where were they in the original? Why did we not see this? Like, were they all in the basement? Like, I, I don't understand <laughs> where they come from. So the family, the Sawyer family, who are murderous cannibals, decide, yeah, well, like, we'll send out Jedediah. Like, we don't want this to escalate any more than it already has. Suddenly, they're rational. I don't, okay, like, all right. Suddenly, they have, like, a voice of reason. Right. And as they're preparing to send out Jedediah, this mob shows up. It's like a vigilante hillbilly mob. No idea what the, like what the premise is as far as like the bad blood between this mob and the Sawyers. Like there's nothing explained. They just show up and they're like really bloodthirsty. And Mm. bear in mind, this is 1974. Unless you're actively listening to a police scanner, how do you know about any of this stuff that's happening or where it's happening? Twitter was not around back then. There was no live (laughs) tweeting this kind of thing. Like, right. Right. Like how did, how does one know? Plus it was in the middle of nowhere, Texas. So, um, like how do these, like, obviously, you know, the Sawyer family killed, I don't know, I a think they said like 30, <laughs> roughly like between 20 and 30 people between the years of Such whatever. and such and yeah. whatever, yeah. And, but like, there's never been an issue with a cop, apparently. So like, how are these things getting reported? <laughs> how does this, like, how does this other town know? I mean, sure, like, mysterious disappearances. Okay, obviously there's something going on, but how do you know where to go? <laughs> um. So... This mob shows up, this this vigilante mob shows up, and again, we don't know why they're there, how they found out what had happened, what the bad blood is, why all of a sudden everybody wants to kill all the Sawyers. Like, I, I don't get it. It's led by this, like, super aggressive, you know, he's like the stereotypical, like, bad guy. Um, he's like the Texas bad guy. And... Before they can send out Jedediah, this vigilante mob opens fire on the Sawyer household, on this farmhouse. They are throwing Molotov cocktails. They're shooting up the place. They they essentially kill all the Sawyers, or so we think. Um, and the sheriff just stands there and lets it happen. <laughs> he just right? stands there just and like, watches. Like, what no are you doing? No arrests are made. No, absolutely no arrests are made. <laughs> right? Like, what are you doing? You can't do that. Okay, well, you did it. You did it. So, all right, y'all go home now. (laughs) Take care. (laughs) So, like, he's, and I I draw the comparison throughout the movie. He is like the cop in Die Hard. (laughs) Like, just useless. Like, useless. He's there there for, like, a couple of one-liners and, you know, to to interact with the main character in kind of, like, that buddy way. But it's like, how are you a cop? How did you become a cop? Who authorized this? Well, I mean, let's be honest. So nobody's caught Leatherface. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, like still nobody catches Leatherface. So maybe they should probably up their game. So they don't really have a high, you know, standard for their police force out there. So before we meet our main character, um, there's there's a few main characters, but before we meet the main protagonist, is that she would be the protagonist? You would think, right? One would think. Yeah. Okay. Um, go with the protagonist. So before it gets to that point, um, it's the aftermath of the Sawyer family home being just burned down to the ground. There's nothing left. There, you know, there's charred, charred chainsaws everywhere, charred bits and pieces of people, and this this one guy stumbles upon a woman clutching a baby, and 
she's very badly injured. I think the baby has like a, a couple of burns from the fire as well. And he takes the baby from her under the pretense of like he's going to help them, but then he kills the mother. He just yeah. kind of like kicks her in the face and, and that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah. And he goes back to his wife or his girlfriend who's kind of part of this, but not actively involved. You don't actually see her really do much of anything other than just sit in the car and watch it unfold. And he's like, well, we got a baby now. <laughs> and that's Oh, no. Yeah. It was because like she wanted a baby. Yeah. And she couldn't have a baby or yeah. something to that extent. So, so now, now they now have... They're just like, steal this child they steal this child and raise it as their own exactly and then so that is that is the beginning of the movie it's it's immediate and i the reason i keep going back to this is it is a direct sequel to the 1974 movie supposedly it's supposed to be a direct sequel so all of this has happened in 1974 this Mm -hmm. this massacre happens this Mm -hmm. baby gets stolen this baby is raised by two people who participated in the murder of her biological family yes I think you all see where this is going. So, <laughs> so fast forward 20-something years. And that baby, being raised by these two imbeciles, I guess is the, is the right yeah. name. Just a couple, of hicks. A couple um, of hicks. She, you know, her name is Heather. And she has, would you say, maybe the worst group of friends in the world? <laughs> but why don't we get into the cast, too, so people know who we're talking about? Because yeah. I was so eager to dive into this. So Heather Heather is played by Alexandria Daddario. Um, she was in Baywatch, not the like original Baywatch, the one with The Rock and Zac Efron. <laughs> She's in that. Um, she was in Percy Jackson. Uh, yes. She was in the first season of White Collar, which actually makes her the second White Collar cast member to star in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, uh, which I thought was very interesting. <laughs> the more interesting. you know. The more you know. Matt Bomer, who was also in White Collar, he was he was Neil. He was the main character in White Collar for the whole show. Um, he was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, which was like the prequel mm-hmm. to everything, which is actually, I think, my favorite movie in the franchise. I really love that movie. Like, I'm not even being sarcastic. <laughs> I, I genuinely love um, that movie. Yes, that was actually pretty good. Um, my favorite is still going to be the original. Like, yeah. like, you can't knock the original. That you was can't just touch it. Put you to- can't yeah, touch that it. Yeah, it was beautifully put together for what it is. Uh, but the beginning was um, definitely... <laughs> Definitely worth a watch. That was very good. Jordana Brewster's in it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, is it Arlie Ermey from Full Metal Jacket? Yeah. Plays Sheriff Hoyt. Yeah. Which he, he originally made an appearance in the one with Jessica Biel, which is like the remake. Right. Um, she, uh, he makes the appearance in that as Sheriff Hoyt. This one, he is also Sheriff Hoyt, and it kind of shows his backstory. It's very. It's, I love the prequel. I think the prequel is maybe the goriest, like most well thought out <laughs> really like, version other than the original. Um, it was good. So she plays Heather, Alexandria Daddario. Also, she's in one of my favorite episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> like, just I, when she showed up, I was like, oh, my God. Um, one of my absolute favorite episodes. It's it's uh, Charlie and Dee find love if anybody wants to find it on Hulu. It's a good one. Um, Tanya Raymond, uh, who was in Lost, but also played Jodie Arias in that Lifetime biopic. She's great in that. <laughs> She plays. Uh, she plays uh, Alexandria Daddario's character's uh, best friend, mm-hmm. um, Nikki. She, Nikki, thank you. Nikki. Uh, Heather is dating uh, a character played by Trey Songs, who essentially plays himself in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Trey Songs whole... plays Trey Songs. Yeah, and they're playing Trey Songs music like throughout <laughs> the movie. So... It's, it's, it's you know why? Because you know they're like, oh well, we need music in this, and it's really hard to get rights to stuff, so. They well, just asked him. Yeah. They're like, we'll, we'll <laughs> like, play hey, you. Trey, we'll play, can we play your songs? 
we'll, sure. put, we'll put you in this movie if we can use your music. Um, <laughs> right. There's a couple of secondary characters. And then, of course, uh, Scott Eastwood, who is Clint Eastwood's son, plays, I forget his name. I just was like, oh, that's Carl. Carl, thank Carl. you. And I was like, oh, that's Clint Eastwood's kid. All yeah. right. Nepotism. Um, <laughs> but... So, Heather, you know, we're 20 years from the 1970. Now, again, I'm, I keep referring to the original because it's very, very important when discussing this movie. Mm. We are 20 years removed from the 1974 incidents when the family gets massacred and this baby gets taken. And Heather gets a letter in the mail uh, informing her that her grandmother has died and that she has inherited some property in Texas. Um she confronts her parents with this information because she is under the impression that her grandparents have already passed away and her parents without giving too much information basically tell her like you were adopted and you came from i think her dad calls it like a shit pile yeah <laughs> your biological family is a I shit think pile specifically that's what he did say also uh if you know you didn't know spoiler warning <laughs> All, all of our episodes are going to be spoilers. We, so. we talk about them just, at length. We ruin so, yeah. all the important plot points. We talk about people getting, you know, the people, the characters that get killed. Um, we don't hold back. So if you don't want to, if you want to ruin this movie or if you want to, like, watch it for yourself, just put this on pause and then come back to this. We'll give you, we'll give you a couple minutes to do that. We should maybe have another Werther's original while we're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is streaming on Netflix. In yes. case you do want to see it. It is on Netflix right now. I believe it's on Prime as well, but you do have to pay for it, which don't do that. Don't. Just, just use Netflix. Just use Netflix. Everybody got Netflix. Just share your password with your friends. I know, I know Netflix <laughs> is trying to cut back on that right now. They're trying, they're in, like, they're implementing something to kind of cut back on people sharing their passwords, but share your passwords with your friends. You know, in this economy, Netflix, come on. <laughs> those, right. those payments now just share your password with your friends and watch it um so heather decides that she is going to go to texas she's going to check out this house that she has inherited um and her boyfriend trey songs and the two friends um decide that they are going to go with her to to check out this place that she you know she's inheriting it's part of a road trip that they're going on i think they're going to new orleans for halloween that's kind of mm, so they're like yeah. stopping along the yeah. way now, I want to talk about the continuity. Can we talk about the continuity? Absolutely. <laughs> we can con talk about whatever you want. <laughs> so in this in this movie... There is no continuity. There is, no, there, there is absolutely no... When I say continuity, I'm joking. It's a joke. Um, the timeline does not make sense. The timeline of this direct sequel to the 1974 movie <laughs> does not make sense. If... This is a direct sequel to the 1974 movie. Heather appears to be about 20-something. She's uh, in her early, like early 20s. Early 20s. Yeah, so... That would put this movie taking place in the 90s at some mid point. Mid, mid to it's late mid, 90s, yeah. you know? We're being a little generous with the late 90s, but mid to late 90s. As the movie progresses, it is very clear that it's supposed to take place in, in 2013, it's a present day movie. This movie obviously having come out in 2013. There's FaceTime. There's iPhones. There's electronic gas signs that are like three dollars a gallon, like which was not the case in the 90s. Um, there's 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 there's, a, there's there's cars that you can see in the movie that are clearly not from the 90s. <laughs> like why is that person driving an Audi? It's like <laughs> there are Audis in the 90s, but they didn't look like they that. did not look like that. No, and. If the movie is supposed to be a direct sequel, and if this is taking place in 2013, 2014, 
Heather would be about in her mid forties. Mid forties, I would say. Yeah, it would. It would, Yeah, that was about forty years later. Yeah, because it was nineteen seventy four. Yeah, and then it came out in twenty fifteen. So she should be. They're playing Trey. She should be like forty. <laughs> yeah, they're playing Trey songs music. Trey songs was not around in the nineties. <laughs> not not the music anyway. Um, so the continuity in this movie is atrocious. Um, and Steph, if you'd like to take over with, with when she, when she gets to the property and the lawyer who is just as useless as the cop. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> the, the lawyer who's handling the estate for her grandmother shows up to kind of give her the, he, he does not go into the property, which is a little suspect, but he gives right. her, he, yeah. He gives her like the code to get in. Like, like it's not, it's not the house. It's not the farmhouse. It's not the, the farmhouse. It's a completely different house. It's completely different land. So what they do is, it's like, it's like uh, the melody of two families. So right. like her mother was a Carson, right? So she was like married into the Sawyer family or something. The, and the grandmother. Like the, the yeah, grandmother, like, yeah. This is like the Carson estate, right? So it's the so Sawyer. It's yeah, it. it's like the Sawyer Carson like hybrid estate. And it's in Texas. It's not the farmhouse from the original that, you know, makes another appearance in this movie before it gets burned down. It's like a completely different house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mansion. It's it huge. is. It's a beautiful home, which, yeah. which is something that I'll we'll cover a little bit later because I have a question about that. It, it is an absolutely <laughs> stunning home. It's gated like you, there is there's like a code for the gate. It's it's kind of far removed from the town. Um, come to find out, like the grandmother was not particularly popular with the rest of the town like kind of kind of isolated from everybody else um right but the lawyer gives her all of this like paperwork he gives her the keys that unlock and it's like like 1800 style keys it's like the yeah yeah it's so, like a, it's like a massive key ring where you so know you're trying to run away from something and now you have you're you know behind a locked door and you have to open this door and you have these keys but there's like 200 keys big and, then, you know, you're key. <laughs> and then you're trying to like open this door you're trying every key of course it's going to be the last one but you can't get to the last one because you drop that ring of keys before you can get to the last one we've watched so many movies <laughs> <laughs> oh i love the tropes but yeah so the lawyer who is pretty useless um gives her um, aside from all the legal paperwork and stuff, um, gives her this letter that obviously she neglects to read. And he's like very adamant to... about reading it. Yes. And the thing is, you know, he knows what the contents of the letter say. He goes on to, like, at the end of the movie, explain, like, oh, yeah, I knew about this letter and what it said. You think he <laughs> maybe want to pull her aside and be like, listen, like, you can either hear it from me or you can read this letter. But you need to read this letter before you do anything else. Before you step foot in this house, <laughs> read this letter because it's very, very important. But he basically so, hands yeah. it to her and is so, like, read it. <laughs> Bye. So, so, so Ash, th- does she read the letter? Of course not. The letter, <laughs> Why would she? That's crazy. <laughs> she, she goes inside the house. The house is, her friends immediately start opening doors, which is so annoying. It's like, this is my house. <laughs> what are you doing snooping in my house? Yeah, they start going through everything. Meanwhile, on the way to, oh, on the way there, they pick up a hitchhiker, which, you know. Like the original. As one would do. As one like, would do. I'm just going to pick up this hitchhiker because clearly nothing can go wrong here. So, so, so now there's a stranger who, you know, is coming across as kind of like, oh, he's just a normal guy. He's just trying to get somewhere. 
Didn't um, didn't so, trust him from the start. I looked at him and I was uh, like, this guy, this guy has deliberately cut the sleeves off of his shirt. <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> he's I I don't trust him. <laughs> well, obviously, he's clearly. eating he's eating too much beef jerky. Like I'm not I'm not feeling it. He <laughs> cannot be trusted. <laughs> well, <laughs> moving on. So now, so there's the four of them. Uh, Heather, her boyfriend, her best friend Nikki, and Nikki's boyfriend. Um, Who I think was the most likable. Yeah. Out of out of all of them, he was the one that just seemed to be maybe the not cool. None of these characters are cool, but but he maybe the most down to earth. The most down to earth, like the, like the friendliest, the logical, <laughs> the logical one. <laughs> you know? Which of course means he's like the second to die. Like he's the second one to die, and it's so I disappointing. Can't he was the first one. <laughs> no, because the hitchhiker, which you will. Oh yeah. You're explaining you're the hitchhiker. Right, 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 right. So the hitchhiker, Daryl, I believe. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so, you know, they're going in, they're checking this house out, like, this house is fancy, it's probably a pool, but a billiards room. That's a dining room. It's a beautiful like, home. Yeah, gorgeous. So they're going through stuff, and there's all sorts of stuff, it's all valuable, and all, it's all antique, and so anyway, so the group of friends go out to the grocery store or whatever to take a food, um, because they're going to have dinner, and they just have to stay there that night, and, you know, they're going to cook dinner. Meanwhile, the hitchhiker, Daryl, um, stays at the house while they go out. Because, you know, I would totally trust a complete stranger in my house. That I met six hours six earlier. Hours, exactly. <laughs> With a house full of valuables. <laughs> so, um, so what, what, what do you think he does? Um, he cooks them a delicious meal <laughs> and does not touch anything else in the house. And cleans the place, like dusts it, makes it look really nice for when they get back because he's so grateful that they picked him up. <laughs> but he what does he do? <laughs> he steals. He steals he as much shit. Everything. He doesn't give a crap. He's just going through every single room, opening every door, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm a real boy scout. Whatever. <laughs> Talking to himself a lot. <laughs> There's yeah, a, lot right? a lot of chatter to himself, but. He has this key ring, and he is going from room to room. He's stealing as much as he can fit into, like, his tiny backpack thing that he has with him when they picked him up. And he gets to the kitchen, and he finds a, you know, kind of a, a weird seam in the wall in the kitchen. And he pushes it open, yeah. and it's a it's a butler's pantry, which, oh God, I want a butler's pantry in my house. Like, I, I want, like, that hidden room that, like, I can store all my, like, silver and fine china. Do you have silver China to store? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you put that on your bucket list. It's on my bucket list. All right. Um, so he finds his butler's pantry, and bear in mind, like he has the huge skeleton key, which is very ominous. It's it's clearly it's unlocking every every room in the house. Um, there is another locked door in the butler's pantry that leads down to a wine cellar, which another thing I want on my bucket list. I want a wine cellar with all my fine silver and fine china and my butler's pantry. Um, <laughs> There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, and in this wine cellar is another door. There's a lot of doors in this house um, that he, the key does not open. And he's trying to pry it open. He's trying to kick it open. He cannot get it open. And what should happen, Steph, when he turns around to find something to try and pry the door open with? He's looking for like a screwdriver or something to try and get in there. What should happen? <laughs> tell, tell the audience what happens. <laughs> Well, Leatherface shows up. He's like, who is this in my house? I'm going to kill you. And he does. <laughs> and with, long story short, he does. He does, with a mallet, and it's great. 
It's yeah. very satisfying. Yeah. Um, so while the uh, while the remaining four, the four core group of friends, Heather and her friends are out buying some food and some charcoal and stuff to do some grilling at the house, um, they all kind of encounter different things. Nikki, come to find out, has been banging Trey songs behind Heather's back. Mm-hmm. So automatically I'm like, all right, these two need to go. They got to go. We got to get rid of them. Um, the chef doesn't really encounter any, I say the chef, it's, it's, uh, Nikki's boyfriend who's offered to do the cooking. Um, his name's, is it Kenny? His name's Kenny. Yep. Uh, Kenny, Kenny is just talking to one of the cashiers about like a carnival that's happening in the town, which we will also get into. (laughs) And then Heather, while picking out charcoal, encounters, uh, Carl, played by Clint Eastwood's son. Um, who is a local police officer who's recommending like a different kind of charcoal and, and kind of making some small talk. Yeah. There's like a little bit of flirtation on his part. I think he likes Heather. Um, and he's, you know, kind of prying for some information about, you know, what she's doing in town. And she mentions that she is now living at the Carson estate, the house that she's inherited. And who should approach after hearing this information but the town's mayor, who... <laughs> happened to be the ringleader of the vigilante <laughs> justice squad at the beginning of the movie. And who, the plot thickens. And the plot thickens. <laughs> he shows up. He overhears that she has inherited the estate. He's asking her a couple of questions, namely, are you know, you're not a Carson. Are you a Sawyer? And she's like, yes. And for whatever reason, he hates all Sawyers indiscriminately, despite the fact that he has never laid eyes on this girl. He's never had a conversation with her before now. He just decides... This girl's got to go. <laughs> like, right? Like, like I, this, this is huge grudge that the town has over the Sawyers. God forbid anybody not related to that family, like, rolls into town, like, from out of state that just happens to have the last name Sawyer. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean like, that's not, like, an uncommon last it's, name. It's like being, like, John Doe. <laughs> it's like one of those very common last names. Um so he, you know, he's making like an offer to to buy the house from her. He's he's the leader of this vigilante squad that murdered her family in 1974. Now he wants the house and she's just like, nah, and she takes off. Um, they get back to the house. They see that it has been ransacked. And rather than call the police, eh, screw it. Like, they'll just have their party. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they don't really do anything. They're like, oh, they, they, they assume that Daryl there just took off. Yes. What are they going to do? Right. Probably nothing. Probably like, whole, whole what, other what, nothing. <laughs> what could you do? So they're like, whatever. So Heather at this point is kind of exploring, you know, exploring the house, exploring the grounds, you know, before they before they start cooking dinner. And there's a there's a cemetery um, on the grounds that mm. her her entire family, like most of the Sawyers, a lot of like Carsons are buried and this was something that intrigued me was her grandmother is like, it's a covered grave. Like her grandmother is like freshly buried because mm-hmm. like she sees the head, there's a headstone. Like the grandmother has been there. Like her body is in the ground. Yeah. It's covered. But again, with the continuity later on, we, there's a couple of scenes where we're like, wait, what? <laughs> like what, <laughs> what happened? Yeah. So we now fast forward to where the action finally starts. We've only really had one significant kill since the very beginning of the movie. Right. And it's while Kenny is cooking dinner and he also stumbles on the butler's pantry while he's just kind of hanging out in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, Heather is snooping around the house Trey Songs is listening listening to his own music while he's playing. <laughs> I was losing my mind. <laughs> it's Trey Songs playing pool in the billiard room 
while a Trey Song song is playing on the stereo and, and the girl is like smoking, Nikki is smoking a joint outside, which, you know, the rules of horror, you can't drink, you can't do drugs and you can't have sex. And these people yeah. are breaking all those rules. Yeah. And, um, so while, while Heather's upstairs, while Trey Song's and, and Nikki are like downstairs, Kenny, you know, finds his butler's pantry and he goes to investigate. And Steph, what should happen when he goes to investigate? <laughs> <laughs> the same exact thing. <laughs> So Leatherface, uh, excuse me, Leatherface comes out and uh, yeah, he gets Kenny, like smashes him in the head with a hammer. He starts shaking. He grabs the body, brings it into, you know, his quarters, I guess. It's like a meat locker. Yeah, he just lives under the house, like in the basement. Um, Throws him up on a meat hook and uh, that's that. That's that. (laughs) Now, whenever, like, and, and this happened in Dead End, we say like everyone splits up. Now, granted, it's it's not a case of everyone splitting up when something terrible happens. It's just people just split up, despite the fact that they're not particularly familiar with this house, right? Or, or, the, or, or the, the land, t- or the, the land, or the town. Or the town. Um, Nikki decides that she has been a pretty shitty best friend. She's sleeping with her best friend's boyfriend, and mm-hmm. rather than just kind of be like, "I shouldn't do this," she decides, "I'm going to seduce him again, but I'm going to do it in a barn because <laughs> that that makes sense." She like sets up like a little like. <sighs> She sets up, like, a little trap and, like, convinces Trey Songs that, like, there's something scary in the barn and, like, you gotta come help me. And he goes in the barn and it's it's nothing. She has, like, set up, like, a couple of glasses of, like, tequila or something. Yeah, it's, like, and a then, bottle of tequila with a couple of shot glasses. Yeah, and, and when he turns around and be like, what the hell? She's, like, stripping down. And it's, like, <laughs> you're in a barn. Like, that's, like, the worst. You have this, you have this literal mansion that has, like, 30 rooms in it. You couldn't yeah. just do it somewhere where it's not going to either smell like shit or you're going to get hay all over. There's hay everywhere. Like, you're going to get hay in places where no one should get hay. Like, <laughs> what are you thinking? And so to to kind of go back to the the grave, Heather is upstairs in her, um, in her grandmother's, I'm assuming it was her bedroom. And she's, like, looking through her things. Not really snooping, but just kind of, like, touching things and, like, looking at the clothes in the closet. And her grandmother's body is straight up in that room, like decomposing. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, why is the grave yeah. covered? She's dead. Why is the grave already covered? Why does she already have a headstone when her body's decomposing in the house? Make it make sense. <laughs> like, make it <laughs> make, make sense right make now. Make sense right yeah, I don't now. Know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so anyways, she leaves. She's like, okay, well. Fuck this. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, out. I'm out. All right. That's cool. Um. Soon after that, she gets attacked. Like, Leatherface actually comes out. Oh, and I want to just make a point that nowhere in any of these movies, I want to say except for the newest one that came out this year on Netflix, have they mentioned Leatherface? Like, that's what Leatherface is called. Like, that's just obviously a nickname. Obviously, his name is Jed. Yeah. Jedediah. Nobody calls him Leatherface. Nobody has a name for him. He got that name from, like, fans and society. Like, (laughs) the human populace gave him that name outside of the actual movies. It's the same thing with Pinhead in Hellraiser. They never actually call him Pinhead. It's Yeah, it's just... It's something that just the masses, the actual masses, like myself and Ashley here, (laughs) just came up with, you know, just started calling him that, and then... It just stuck, I guess. I don't know. But a little factoid. 
So, but we call him Leatherface because you know that's how everybody knows him. I call him Tommy because in the in because <laughs> in the one, different name yeah, in those movies, yeah, like they call it Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, get him, Tommy. Get him, Tommy. <laughs> Thomas, you get up here right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't do Arlie Irving's voice. If I could, I would. Oh, I would. Ca- I would capitalize on that so bad. <laughs> oh my god! Right. All right. So, so back to what we were were uh, mentioning or talking about here is that so so Heather's like okay well. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> um, gets attacked by Leatherface. She does manage to escape um, uh, because he has Kenny and she sees him like chainsaw Kenny right. in half. He, he, manages, <laughs> he attacks her and he brings her down to yeah. the basement yeah. and she's a little, because she, she gets a, like she hits her head. So she's a little out of it. Um, and when she like comes to, he's like straight up chainsawing uh the hitchhiker daryl and kenny like he's cutting kenny in half like in half while he's up on a hook and kenny's like still breathing which was a little a little much (laughs) a little much a little much much. Uh, Um, particularly gory but she uh she is like fuck this and she gets up and she bails like she gets the hell out of there right um she, she runs right which you know all right. She That's also she also does great. that. I don't. I'm sure it was Alexandria Daddario's stunt double. I can't imagine they would have let her do it herself. But that okay. tumble that she takes down the front stairs when she oh, runs yeah. out of that looked like it hurts so fucking bad. <laughs> I actually was like, oh, like I actually cringe. I was like, that looks like it hurts so bad. Um, they made it look real. Like that was like one of the things in the movie that actually looked like really fucking cool. I was like, kudos to that stunt double because that actually looked like it really yeah. hurt. Like it looked like it hurt really bad. Um, <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, that 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 scene that was a good like five seconds. Yeah, I like that. And I feel like I know where we're heading because when we saw this in theaters, it was maybe the funniest moment of the movie, and it wasn't. It, <laughs> it wasn't because it had nothing, to do, it had nothing to do with the movie itself. It was with the guy who was sitting behind us, right? Um, <laughs> so there's no one in the house. She's looking for help because there's no like her her dead grandmother's decomposing body is upstairs. She's got this psychopath that's murdering people in the basement, and he's attacked her. There's no one in the house because Trey songs, and I don't even know her boyfriend's name. Do you, do you have her boyfriend's name? I, I just keep calling him Trey songs. Yeah. Uh, Ryan. 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 Okay, so Ryan and Nikki are bumping uglies in the barn. Um, and Heather is like, she's injured, she's running, and she seeks refuge in the cemetery yeah. on her family's property. And uh, <laughs> this is where the 3D effects come in. Because this is, this is what they put all of the money of the budget towards. Steph, do you want to explain what happens? Cause <laughs> well, she goes into this open grave. Which was covered an hour before. It was. It was yes, covered. Yes. It's a grandmother's and grave. The, and there was a uh, coffin in it. Yep. And uh, yeah, miraculously, there's suddenly an, like an undug grave, like an open grave with an empty casket in it that she hides in. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I just so think of anyways, that guy, that guy so, in the theater. <laughs> so <laughs> we're getting to that. So <laughs> she, yeah, she hides. And so Leatherface is like running around, right? It's like, like how do you looking, not see her? Like looking for her. <laughs> the land is and flat. The, the land is flat. The it is, is dark. It's dark, but, but still. you know. She's also making so, a fuck ton of noise. Yes. Like she falls over that little like fence thing around the cemetery. And rather they'd be like, oh, she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so she crawls into this, this casket uh, to try and hide from Leatherface, which works actually for her um to her credit to her credit it does work Until. meanwhile <laughs> leatherface 
Which way does she go? Which way does she go? That was she. She hides in this. She hides in this casket. She closes it like behind her, and she's laying there, and she's trying not to make any noise. And Leatherface is like straight up in the graveyard right now, looking for her. And this guy that was sitting behind us in the theater was so fed up with the movie that I just like in complete silence. But the all you could hear in the movie theater was like the hum of the chainsaw. Yeah. And you just hear this guy behind us go, which way did she go? <laughs> and I could have pissed my pants right then and there. It was so funny. <laughs> so funny. Um, but she, she ends up making noise. She ends up kind of like whimpering. And he hears it. Mm. And we get the entire budget of the movie on that one shot of the chainsaw coming through the top of the casket. Like it's, and we're in the theater watching it, and you're just seeing this like chainsaw blade come at you in slow motion. And Steph, were you impressed with that? I was not impressed. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> like, eh, I mean, okay. I'm like, eh, I've seen better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I literally watched somebody's head get like squeezed in a vice and saw 3D. This is the best you got. Like, this is like, this is what this is what I paid to see. All right. Um, and with all this ruckus, the chainsaw, the wood splitting apart, Heather screaming like a banshee in the casket, uh, Trey Songs and Nikki finally come out of the barn, mm. like half dressed, which, yeah. what the fuck? Um, and, and they see this and they distract Leatherface, Jedediah, long enough for Heather to kind of make her, her quick getaway. Yeah. Um, and he proceeds to go after them. Oh, this is another point that really irritated me. So they're in a barn. Barns are made out of wood. <laughs> um, so yeah, they distract him. He goes after them. So they run back into the barn. And I don't know if they... I think they were standing against the door to keep it shut. This dude's got a chainsaw. <laughs> Why did it take him so long to cut that door down? <laughs> also, some of the lines... I mean, we're going to get into some of the really shitty lines in this movie. But the... So, uh, Nikki finds, like, a like a rifle or, like, a shotgun in the back of, like, a truck that's parked in the barn. And you don't know how long it's been parked there. You don't know, like, how long that gun has been there. But somehow it's loaded. And it, and it fires. But all right. Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Despite not having been cleaned in a really long time, I'm assuming. But she aims the gun at the door where Leatherface is trying to, like, cut down the door. And she says... Welcome to Texas, motherfucker. And I'm watching it. I'm going, bitch, he's in Texas. Like, he lives in Texas. He lives in the basement. Right? Like, you're the visitor here. Yeah, you're the visitor. Well, you welcome to Texas. (laughs) You dumb bitch. (laughs) What the fuck does that even mean? And and she shoots. And uh, then, you know, Leatherface decides, like, well, fuck, this bitch has a gun. I'm just going to, like, you know, I'm going to just... I'm going to just leave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that gave Heather enough time to find a van. Oh, that's their van, I think. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so she she drives through the door with the van. Which would immediately destroy that van. It would, it would oh make God. that... There you, are so many things about this van that drive me there's, bonkers. There's a lot of, like, scientific aspects of this movie that I'm just like, that. nope, that's not how that works. Nope, I, like, I'm not a mechanic, but I know that would destroy a car. Like, I know that would mess up your car. <laughs> she drives through a fucking barn door with, like, a 1980-something, like, Volkswagen van. That thing would be destroyed. It would be destroyed. Quite possibly, yeah. And she, like, she drives through the door of the van. Rather than just, like, pull up up front and be like, get in! You know? Like, like maybe don't destroy the barn because you might have to hide in it later. She fucking straight mm. up destroys that barn. Yeah, she drives through the front door, or, well, the barn doors. And, you know, she's yelling at Nikki and uh, Ryan there to get in the van. So they get in. And they, um, 
I'm not sure if it stalls. That's a, where it first stalls or after the fact. Yeah, they try to get the gates. They've managed to drive all the way into Texas on their way to New Orleans with absolutely no noted car problems, and all of a sudden the car's going to stall out. Right. <laughs> so now you know Leatherface is trying to. You know he's got his chainsaw and he's going at the van and this and that. Finally, it starts. They drive away. Right. But there's that gate. So. But there's that gate, gate, right? There's the the gate with the code, and it opens nice and dramatically slow. Well, he keep in mind too, he does ram the gate with the with the van. Oh my god, that drove me nuts. And that's the only realistic thing is that it like fucks up the car. (laughs) No, not even. You know what it reminded me of? So they're like driving, like oh no, the gate's got to open. It's like just drive through it. No, I'm gonna drive through it. No, you're gonna break the van or something. This, <laughs> the gate's like only half open. The van is definitely not going to fit through. They hit the gate. It bounces off this <laughs> gate like it's a bowling ball like, with bumper lanes. Like it just boing. <laughs> and now, of course, the van, once again, is stalling. And Leatherface is just running crazily. He's like coming up that, yeah, he's like, coming up that walkway. Which, by the way, I, the chainsaw is gas powered. And I feel like it would have run out of gas multiple there times. There are so <laughs> many issues with the Texas Chainsaw Movie ma- uh, Massacre, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. I can't talk today. Um, and the chainsaw, like the science behind the chainsaw, makes no sense in any of them. Like chainsaws have triggers on them. Yeah. Like it's a it's a safety feature. <laughs> so if you drop that chainsaw, it's not gonna it's keep- not going to keep moving. Like. It could be idling. Sure, the engine could be idling. But it's but not the gonna, chain is not moving. Yeah, it's not actively sawing at things. Like, that's yeah. why, like, in the in the remake with Jessica Biel, I think he drops it. And it's, like, spinning around on the ground. A couple times, actually. And it's still, the chainsaw's still going. And I'm it like, makes no, no the sense. second he lets go of that thing, it's not going to be sawing. It'll make the noise. It'll be, like, humming. But it's not going to act. The chain on it, the actual saw is not going to be moving. And it's, like, spinning around on the ground all dramatically. And right. it, like, cuts his leg. And I'm like, that doesn't happen that doesn't happen it doesn't make sense <laughs> doesn't make it make sense um so they finally the yeah so they finally <laughs> they finally get through this gate the gate finally opens they pull out and as they're pulling out leather maybe maybe the coolest moment of the movie and and when i say cool the movie itself is not cool but <laughs> it's it's one of the moments that i actually like laughed out loud because i thought it was really well done is he like they're going to drive away and he kind of like nicks the tire yeah, with the he, chainsaw he saws the tire he saws the tire and they're pulling away and they're hightailing it out of there. And you just see kind of from Leatherface's perspective, it's like filmed like a little ways behind him while he's watching them drive right, away. Right. The van suddenly like loses control and flips like because the I tire explodes. I could not <laughs> laugh hard enough at that. I was laughing so that. hard. I was laughing so like, hard at that scene. I'm like, what did, like, okay, so he saws the tire. All right, fine. The tire's already exploded at that point. Why is this van, like, literally flipping, like, barrel rolling? Like, what did they hit? I don't know. What did they hit, Ashley? I think the, I think the tire just exploded, but rather than just kind of, like, veer off of the road, it, like, does this very dramatic flip into... Again, the- like, right off the gate. A boing, a boing. Does a very dramatic flip. Now, uh... At this point, you know, Al, I keep calling her, her by her real name, but Heather wakes up. She's kind of out of it. Trey Songs is dead. He has died on impact. He died there's on like, impact, there's yeah. like, you could see like his blood like spurting out onto the glass, which I thought was a nice touch. It was like, mm-hmm. ah, I like that. Yeah. Um, and Nikki is still alive, although she is badly injured. Yeah, we kind of lose sight of her for a little while. Yes. Um, Leatherface is attacking the car while Heather and Nikki are in there. Heather manages to get away with enough time to kind of distract him to try and lead him away from Nikki. Yeah. Um, and she should run. And by the way, how did she know 
where this was taking place, but she hightails it to a carnival. Like, she knew where it was, and it's like, well, bitch, you yeah, just got the, here. <laughs> that was the big carnival that was happening that weekend. But how did she know where it was? Like, I don't she know. just suddenly, she didn't. <laughs> she, yeah, she suddenly, like, instinctively knows, like, where the carnival is, like, this big town carnival. And she, you know, hops the fence into the carnival and is, like, and, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people at this carnival. There's a lot. Yeah. And Leatherface like the whole is, town. Yeah, the whole town is there. And um and Leatherface is right behind her. He saws through the fence that she had climbed, like the chain link fence, and he is you know hot on her trail. Now, this is Texas. This is a town full of people in Texas. They see this happening, like rural Texas too. Yeah, like like yeah. This isn't like you're not in like Dallas. You're not in Austin. This is like a small country town in Texas. And I cannot stress it enough. In Texas. Where are the guns, Ashley? Where, Where are, are the, the guns? guns? Why? Did, why is, Everybody in why this is, town should have a gun. Why is no one armed? No one is armed. And they see this huge-ass <laughs> dude with a skin mask chasing a girl with a chainsaw. <laughs> She's screaming for help, running for her life, and no one has a gun in Texas, in rural Texas. It's just, they're just watching it Right, happen. and I'm pretty sure you can just have a gun. Yeah, I, I'm like, pretty sure. The rules out there for a gun... You know, gun ownership are not the rules of gun ownership in Massachusetts. It's very different where we are, yes. Um, and this isn't like a knock on Texas. It's just the way that it is. Yeah. And, you know, assuming that this movie took place in the 90s, which it rightfully should have if we're following a consecutive timeline. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how the gun laws were in Texas back then, but this movie clearly takes place in 2013 and gun laws are pretty lax. They've been lax for quite some time. Yeah. In Texas. Yeah. And, um... Definitely. And, you know, and I've and I've been to Texas, and it's beautiful, and it's filled with just the most amazing people that you could ever hope to meet. Everyone is very kind and very courteous and very helpful, but people pat guns. But yeah, but they have guns. <laughs> they have guns, and um, that's and, why they can be nice and courteous. <laughs> yeah, because every <laughs> everybody got to protect themselves, and they can protect themselves however they want. Right, and also so have crazy things happen like so, happen around here. So Heather seeks refuge on a Ferris wheel, not sitting down, mind you. She scales. She scales. <laughs> well, she okay. She scales that thing. She like hops up on yeah, one of the carts like, that's like moving, and she's hanging she's off of hanging it. Hanging off of the back, like she's holding on to the back of a like a ferris wheel cart and while the ferris wheel is still going where's the ferris wheel like conductor (laughs) who why doesn't they stop it yeah she's like screaming for help hanging off of this thing for dear life while someone is trying to actively kill her and there's no one operating this ride and it's like nobody caring either no one gives a shit no one even stops to look right so who should show up to save the day but clint eastwood's son carl carl (laughs) i'm so sorry i know he has a name but carl shows up and, you know, and we get our another, like, another 3D effect that they blew their budget on where he's like, you know. When, oh, when he throws it? When he throws the chainsaw. Yeah, and, and And Carl the cop ducks. Carl the rookie cop ducks as the chainsaw goes hurling towards the audience. Uh, he ducks. Leatherface escapes into the woods. Heather, like, falls off the Ferris wheel. But at this point, it has moved down enough where she's not seriously injured. Mm-hmm. And Carl brings her to the police station where... Uh, the cop from the beginning of the movie, the useless cop, is still working as, like, I think he's the sheriff. Sheriff, yeah. He's the sheriff now. Somehow he got promoted to sheriff. I don't know how the fuck that happened. <laughs> but somehow he's a sheriff now. And, um, you know, he's he's there to, to help Heather. And, and I use the term help very loosely. He's very useless. Mm. Um, and, you know, at this point, uh, 
you know, there's there's a team going out to look for the van that has flipped. Well, not a team. It's actually it, it's it keeps going back to like there's there's someone butchering people like in mass. Like a lot of people are getting killed, and they're sending like one cop to investigate. <laughs> it just seems like very piss poor police work. Um, one cop is sent out to find the van because Heather has told them like my friend is injured. She was in the car where I left her. Um, you know, she's explaining what had happened. There's someone in the basement who's wearing, like, a face. He's got a goddamn face on, not a mask. It's, like, an actual face. <laughs> yeah, somebody else's face. Somebody else's face. <laughs> and the cop realizes, like, oh, shit, like, uh, this sounds familiar. Yeah. I have been in this predicament before. Uh-oh. The mayor finds out. Now, keep in mind, the mayor is the guy who led the vigilante group at the very beginning of the movie to kill the Sawyers. Yes. He finds out that the carnival has been interrupted by this psychopath. He's down at the police station demanding answers. Um, which, do mayors suddenly not have to adhere to the law anymore? <laughs> the guy seems to be just um, making the laws himself as he yeah, goes along. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. No I mean, he's, he's obviously, he's corrupt. I mean, of course. there's nothing, you know strange about a corrupt politician <laughs> so you um, know there's that <laughs> so yeah he can do whatever he wants and he thinks he can do whatever he wants because he's the mayor so maybe one of my favorite parts of this movie happens around this time um the the cop that has been sent to find the van finds the van and nikki is not in the van but there is a trail of blood that is like leading up the driveway to the carson house um so the cop is like, yeah, I'm going to go, like, I'm going to go check it out. Even though the police officer, the sheriff is telling him, like, don't do that. You know, wait for backup. Which seems like the most rational thing. Like, wait for backup. But he doesn't. He doesn't right? Because he thinks it's an urgent matter. So he, like, goes to investigate the house on his own. The mayor is, you know, yelling at the sheriff about, you know, Jedediah is still alive. Like, this girl's a Sawyer. She needs to be taken out. Again, he's never met this woman. And yet he wants to kill her. Like, indiscriminately. There's no, there's really no explanation as to why they hate the Sawyer so much well aside from the fact that you know they're they're can cannibals they're cannibal. <laughs> cannibals. <laughs> like, that's a pretty good reason i mean <laughs> um, um and heather now is you know she's sitting in like the interrogation room uh carl clint eastwood's son uh <laughs> has has brought in like a box of evidence for whatever reason he leaves her with it he's like it's everything on the carsons and the sawyers sir and like drops it off next to heather which seems like a rookie move because of course she's going to go through this like evidence thing on her own well right i mean who wouldn't right it's right i, there. I would <laughs> it's right there you find out you're adopted this whole box of evidence is about your family like i would go through it too but she proceeds to do to do so and we get the best of the worst montage ever which is <laughs> it's like the worst oh thing my ever goodness. it is the worst montage ever um she's going through the evidence and it's all headlines and clippings about her family about how they were slaughtered yeah but and and this is key is a lot of the stuff that she's reading is about how awful her family was yes like you know all these people go missing and they find you know things in the basement and and yeah. all manner of things where they're not like these headlines and these articles are not shrouding the fact that the sawyers are awful people that kill people and then eat them. They're yeah, they have a slaughterhouse in their basement. The they only, are killing people. <laughs> the only thing that she seems to focus on is that this angry mob killed my family. Yes. Like that's it. And rather than look at it objectively and be like, wow, like my fa I came from a really terrible family and mm. like yes, these people were terrible for killing my family, but my family maybe had it coming a little bit. 
um she just is it's like nope my family's my family's good these people are bad and now i'm gonna take my revenge and i'm like bitch what <laughs> right what <laughs> like full 360 yeah. totally okay with she it she just fully embraces the crazy like she fully embraces it and not only that but like also you know we have this montage of her reading the headlines like we didn't watch the original movie and like we didn't sit through like a fucking 15 minute intro of her family getting murdered right after the events of the first movie like it keeps focusing in on like you know vigilante mob slaughtered the sawyers and like there was a shootout it's like we fucking know we watched the beginning of the movie why do we have to read the headlines too like why do i have to read the paper um so she uh so she, you know, fully embraces the crazy. She decides that this, like, vigilante mob that has murdered her family are the bad guys, the mayor included, when she realizes that he was involved. Mm-hmm. And she takes off. Yep. And she uh, she goes to contact the lawyer who <laughs> should have told her all this stuff all before. All this stuff in advance. So what we need to do, um, put that on pause right now. So while this is happening, the... The officer that gets sent to the the house here. Yes. You know, he's going through looking for this and that. Finds Nikki. (laughs) (laughs) Completely forgot about Nikki and what happened to her. She was injured. She was in the van. She leaves the van. Okay. We don't know where she is. And, you know, rule of thumb. Someone's not dead in these movies until you see them die. Right. So he's going through the house. Obviously, there's nobody in the house. Um, uh, Just to kind of let our listeners know um again with the continuity so that the mayor is the mayor and the sheriff are talking to this cop who's investigating the house and he's not telling them over a walkie-talkie or like a radio or even a phone like a landline assuming that the timeline on this is accurate of what he's seeing he facetimes (laughs) on an iphone with the mayor and he's showing him the crime scene from facetime Go on. They had, they had no FaceTime in 1994. No, they did not. There was no such thing as FaceTime. But anyways, moving on. Um, so so now this cop is going through looking, you know, for evidence and see what he can find in this house, blah, 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 blah. Um, he finds Nikki. <laughs> Which I feel like this scene was actually an homage to the original. Yes. Um, she was in a freezer, like a chest freezer. And she was, like, making noise. So he opens up the freezer. She pops out because obviously she's in shock. She's, again, in a freezer. So I don't know how alive she really is. But she does like like a knee-jerk reaction and sits up real quick and kind of like um, scares convulses. The sh- yeah, scares the shit scares, out of the cop. <laughs> scares the cop so much that he just pops her right in the face <laughs> with, with a gun. Her, shoots her right in the face. So now she is dead. <laughs> and then at that point, I believe he is found by Leatherface. Leather, he, he goes to get the hell out of the house. Leatherface is waiting for him at the top of the stairs and he hatchets him to death. And then peels off his face to, he like, mm. you know, he ties, he peels off his face. Because it's not a Texas Chainsaw movie without that scene. Mm-hmm, you gotta have that. And he is drying out the skin. And then there's that weird scene where he's like sewing it onto his face but like i saw that too yeah he's, <laughs> like, I noticed he, that. he's like, like threading the needle like through his cheeks and i'm just yeah. like what That's... like he's sewing it onto his face i feel like i'm like mm, i don't mm, know about that yeah, because he changed it like you know the the whole like mythos i guess if you will behind Leatherface is that he changed he has multiple masks yes so he can change them and you know they're interchangeable so why is he sewing it onto his face <laughs> well that was he you know in in texas chainsaw massacre the beginning he, um, you know, he captures Matt Bomer. Um, yeah. 
and I can't remember if Matt Bomer's character is named Eric or Dean. I know I know those are the two brothers. I don't know which one he was, so I'm just going to refer to him by his I name. I think it was Eric. Was he Eric? Okay. I think so. Um, and he saws off Matt Bomer's face and, you know, makes it into his new mask, which if you're going to saw off a face and make it into a mask, Matt Bomer's the way to go. <laughs> That that is a gorgeous man. That is a gorgeous, gorgeous man. <laughs> He's I would, a very attractive man. I would wear that man's face like a mask any day of the week. All right. So, <laughs> um, so next he, week we'll so, be critiquing he, Ashley. But he, yes, we'll be talking about my crime. Um, <laughs> he sews he sews this uh, he sews this cop's face onto his own like literally like needles and threads it through his cheeks, which he didn't even let it dry out. Which I'm like that no. seems very counterproductive. And it seemed it seemed super weird too because it literally really looked like the mask he was already wearing yeah i couldn't even so tell I was the difference at, like he cuts the face off he puts it on you know like a mannequin head or something like you you would with like a wig or anything like that i guess right um assume that now at that point i'm assuming oh he's gonna dry it out blah 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 blah. and then all of a sudden none of that happens and he's just putting on like this face like this wet and, face. <laughs> and wet, the mask still bloody face <laughs> but the mask looked the exact same as the other it, mask he was wearing yeah but like did he change it yeah like what's it, he like what is this and that mask was dried out so it's like yes. you have like, that to, was an old one like you have to dry them out you have to you can't just be putting a fresh hunk of meat on your face you gotta well, dry it out i mean we know that this dude is probably not you know exactly but they work at a slaughterhouse. The like these are things you're supposed to know. I don't even work at a slaughterhouse, and I know that. Um, <laughs> so we we cut back to Heather. Heather is at the bar with her attorney. The attorney's kind of letting her know, oh yeah, that guy in the basement, he's your cousin, and I've met him, and he's yeah. scary. And that was in the letter that I gave you. Why right. didn't you read that? Rather than just like tell her in advance, like yeah, your fucking cousin lives in the basement and he kills people. Like just so you know. Um, and the mayor shows up with like a friend of his to to capture Heather. I again I don't understand like the indiscriminate like hatred of the Sawyers. He's just he's like out to get her for whatever reason. Well, he wanted to destroy all of them. Right, but it's like this it's is the family. Like this girl didn't even know she was a Sawyer up until now, but Exactly. Like yeah. this girl had nothing to do had with any of the indiscretions baby. that happened. Yes. You know she was a baby. twenty somewhere between twenty and forty years ago. Right. And so Heather makes her getaway while they like kind of punch up on her lawyer. And um, she gets picked up by uh, Carl, the cop, and she's telling him, you know, my attorney got beat up. Um, I right. Need, she I need wanted to... him to go back to the bar to pick up the. To go get the lawyer to make, get sure, the lawyer, he was okay. make sure he was OK. And he puts her in the back of his cruiser. And I was like, oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, it's about to get real. It is about to get real. <laughs> he puts her in the back of his cruiser, offers to give her a lift, and then proceeds to drive right by the bar as she's screaming for him to stop. And he gets a radio call from the mayor talking about how she had like gotten away out of the bar and to keep an eye out for her. And he says, yeah, I got her. She's in the back of my cruiser. What do you want me to do with her, dad? And you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh there it All is. All right, right. There it is. Right. The corrupt, the corrupt cop is the mayor. This is the corrupt mayor's son, and uh, he, you know, the mayor tells tells his kid, bring her to the slaughterhouse. You know, we're going to mm. deal with her there. And this is all happening over the radio. Yes. So meanwhile, back at the house, Leatherface's house, the mansion there, the Carson Mansion, um, the cop that went to the house to you know investigate the grounds and whatever, his car is there and and it's still running. For some reason. For whatever reason. <laughs> um, so Leatherface actually hears their conversation over, you know, the the, the radio. Like the CB, in the, yeah. Yeah, in the cop car. So he knows where they're going. 
So, of course, <laughs> Leatherface is gonna go to the slaughterhouse. Um, the, the cop brings Heather to the slaughterhouse and, like, ties her up while he waits for his dad and, like, whoever else is gonna join them. The lawyer, at this point, goes to the police station. He's telling the useless sheriff... You know, hey, like, this just happened. I saw her in a police cruiser, like, going by the bar that I was just in, and they were heading out this way. The sheriff figures out they're going to the slaughterhouse. So now it's basically kind of reaching the boiling point of everybody's going to the slaughterhouse. What's going to happen? Right. Um, also, uh, Clint Eastwood's son, Carl. <laughs> Carl chains up Heather in the slaughterhouse. We get some gratuitous side boob. <laughs> like, there's a lot of side boob happening. I don't, like, her shirt gets ripped open, and I was like, oh, Alexandra Daddario, taking some risks. Taking some acting risks. Um, good for her. Uh, she's great. Uh, <laughs> she looks great. Um, and I say that, like, not sorry, she's great. Um, so the, you know, Carl leaves to go meet his dad outside, and Leatherface has somehow, despite the fact that he's huge, doesn't have a vehicle, and is walking a very long distance, reaches yeah, the slaughterhouse like, before I don't everyone. Like the slaughterhouse was that far away you from there. You don't think so? I Probably like not. I mean, it was far. owned by the family. True, it couldn't have been true. that far from where they live. But so, regardless, it's Leatherface. I was going to walk there. So he reaches, Leatherface reaches the slaughterhouse, and um, he, you know, he comes up behind Heather, he puts the chainsaw on her shoulder, more as an intimidation tactic, which good on him that's pretty great that's a pretty great (laughs) tactic she loses her shit now her mouth is like taped shut she can't say shit right and the reason that her shirt got ripped open is because we have to have like the big reveal Mm -hmm. not not of her boobs um (laughs) a different kind of reveal leatherface cranks the chainsaw he's gonna saw her to bits and he catches sight of a birthmark that is referenced kind of at the beginning of the movie it's a burn of the um because obviously they had like molotov cocktail the sawyer family farmhouse while she was inside with her mother she gets a couple of little burns and one of those burns is like the sawyer family crest yeah is kind of like pressed onto her skin from her mother's necklace like as the place was going up in flames so she has this kind of weird like it's a weird like burn mark birthmark kind of looking thing yeah it's distinctive enough where he recognizes it yeah and he realizes like it's the sawyer family crest he stops the chainsaw, and I have a whole other fucking tirade I gotta get, get off my chest, which I'll try to wrap it up. But he, re- like, he uh, he takes the tape off of her mouth, and she's like, I'm your cousin, like, my name's Heather, like, and he tries to free her. And as he's trying to free her, the mayor and his friends show up to, like, beat the ever-loving shit out of Leatherface. She does get away, though. She does, but what does she do? She comes back. She comes back because she has embraced the cray. And she has embraced the full cray of her family. And she comes back to save her cousin. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, this is, so, (laughs) this is a whole other thing. I, she, she's running out of the slaughterhouse. You hear Leatherface just getting the shit beat out of him. And she has this moment of, like, remorse, kind of, like, regret. And she turns back to help. I do not want my horror movie villains humanized. I yeah, don't, I don't want to feel bad for Leatherface. I don't want to feel bad for Freddy Krueger. I don't want to feel bad for Jason, even though sometimes I do, because that poor kid drowned in a lake. I know. Um, it was sad. Um, I don't want... Mike wanna, Myers. Yeah, I don't want to feel bad for any of them. No, you don't sympathize with them. You're yes. not supposed to You're not supposed... They're supposed to be the scary thing. I don't want to... I don't want to watch something, and I don't want to watch, like, a beloved horror movie franchise where there's a very clear villain... Like, in the, in the remake and in the prequel, the entire Sawyer family is very obvious that they are the bad guys. You are to be rooting against them. And, yes. like, when Arlie Ermey's character gets, like, his teeth knocked in, 
in the in the prequel and then he gets run over by Jessica Biel in like the actual like remake I was cheering I was like yes like these people are garbage they need to get taken out this you're like okay the, everyone in this is bad why are they making me feel bad for Leatherface like I'm not yeah. supposed to feel bad for Leatherface you're not supposed to feel bad for him whatsoever so Heather comes back and she kills the um the mayor's friend that has come with him and Leatherface at this point is kind of like he's he, they got like a chain around his neck they're beating the shit out of him and she distracts the mayor long enough to get him to leave Leatherface alone and turn around to face her. And she throws the chainsaw to Leatherface. And Steph, do you want to talk about the line that she says to Leatherface as she throws the chainsaw to him? Because it, it, it the audience, when we saw this in theaters, there was just that groan. <laughs> that groan that just went around the theater. Everybody had the same reaction. We were all on the same page. <coughs> do your thing, cuz. <laughs> She says, do your thing, cuz, and the entire audience just went, oh. And then she (laughs) throws the chainsaw to him. Yes. So he could fight back now. And and that he does. And He sure does. (laughs) He gets the upper hand on the mayor. He's, like, kind of, you know, pushing the mayor towards, like, a meat grinder. I don't really know what that thing is called. Um, Yeah, it it was basically a meat grinder. A big-ass meat grinder. Um, It just beats the meat into, like, beats... Well, God damn it! Paste, really? <laughs> yeah, to just it like, like that's yeah. how you make like you know sausage and <laughs> yes, meat. yeah, like it crunches everything down. And um, the the useless sheriff shows up and proceeds to do what he did at the beginning of the movie. It just doesn't stop any of these crimes from being committed. Like, he sees all of this unfolding and does not do a damn thing to stop it. And the mayor gets put into the the meat grinder. Yeah, he's hanging on, like it's huge. So. You know, and it's a slope, and he's hanging on to the top of it, and Leatherface just, you know, uses his chainsaw to cut him off at the wrists. <laughs> and it's so then, he's, <laughs> then it's... he slides down. And I gotta tell you, I don't feel like they uh, had much money left for that effect oh, yeah, at the end, bad. because it was pretty horrific CGI, they, from what they I remember. They blew their entire budget on the chainsaw being hurled towards the audience, and <laughs> yeah. the chainsaw coming through the top of the casket, and then after that, it was like, we got $250 to wrap this up. Let's just wrap it up with that. <laughs> 250 bucks. Right. Um, the mayor, you know, sees this. Uh, not, I'm sorry, not the mayor. The sheriff sees this happen, lets it happen, mm-hmm. and just tells them, like, all right, well, clean this up. Bye. And <laughs> yeah, right, right. He doesn't leaves. do anything. He doesn't do anything. Um, now, bear in, mind, bear in mind, the Sawyers are horrible people. Yeah. They have killed so many people. And granted, the mayor had it coming, but... The sheriff is just completely useless, um, and he just lets Heather and and Leatherface escape. And you would think that he would make like an attempt to to rescue, uh, not rescue, to arrest Jedediah, or shoot, just take him out. Like he's right? kill, he's killing people. Like he's, he's still kill, killing people. He's killing people in mass. Um, and then Heather and Jedediah slash Leatherface make their way back to the house, which another just defining moment of this movie is, you know. They go in the kitchen, which is still, like, just completely spattered with the blood of, like, everyone. Like, there's so much blood in the house. Yeah. There's, like, literally, like, a trail of blood all over the house. And Heather cleans up Leatherface's face. Like, she wipes the blood off of his face from when he took the beating and follows him down in the basement. Um, and, you know, th- there's kind of, like, a back and forth of her reading the letter finally right. that her grandmother wrote her where the grandmother is like, oh, which by the way, the grandmother Verna is her name is played by uh, Marilyn Burns who played Sally in the original. Yes. She makes, she makes a cameo as Verna Sawyer Carson. Or Verna 
Carson Sawyer. Carson, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, whatever her name is. Uh, Heather's grandmother. And she writes this big, long letter saying, like, hey, by the way, your cousin lives in the basement. And he'll protect you, but, you know, you got to do some things for him, i.e. take care of him and feed him. And Right. And but he'll protect her in he'll, return. Yes. Which, you know, sounds like a fair deal until you realize he's a homicidal maniac <laughs> with a chainsaw. And he's not the friendliest person to be around. Like, he's very, like, kind of hostile towards Heather, even though the fact that she's, like, his long-lost cousin, he doesn't fully trust her. It doesn't seem Right, like but he, he's not interested in getting to know her. her. Yeah, he well, doesn't want to kill either. her or <laughs> getting to know her or kill her. Um, and the final, kind of the final scene of the movie is Heather goes down to, like, collect a food dish that's outside his door that we didn't see before, by the way. It wasn't there at all. Um, <laughs> it's suddenly there. And bring it upstairs to, like, wash it and prepare him some new food, thus accepting her fate as the caretaker for a chainsaw-wielding lunatic in exchange for a really nice house. That's that's the compromise. Is she, she accepts this beautiful home, but you gotta take care of this lunatic in your basement. You gotta keep him locked in there. You gotta <laughs> lock him in there and feed him every once in a while. Right. And that is, uh, that's Texas Chainsaw 3D. <laughs> Let's talk about the post-credit scene. Yes, there is a post-credit there scene. There is a post-credit we, scene. We weren't aware of it when we saw this in theaters. The credits started rolling, and I said, let's get the fuck out of here, because I was pissed. <laughs> we spent, like, $18 for this movie because of the glass. Like, it was 3D, so it cost more. Um, not including the the price of popcorn and my Minute Maid lemonade, which I always... That's, like, my go-to at the movie theaters. Minute Maid lemonade and buttery popcorn. Um, so it was, like, a $24 experience. And when the credits started rolling, I was like, let's get the fuck out of here. And we took off. But there is a post-credit scene if you do want to... If you do want to watch it, which I thought kind of tied it up nicely. It was because I was I was thinking about it at the end of the movie. I'm like, what about her shitty parents? Like her shitty adopted, adopted parents, her yeah. adoptive parents. Like, like he's Leatherface is out for revenge against all of these people that slaughtered his family. But like, we're just going to let them get by. And you want to talk about that scene? <laughs> yeah. So these greedy individuals decide to go to the house to basically, you know, try to take or make their stake in, um, the uh, inheritance yes. that Heather got. So, you know, they show up at the door being super just, you know, trashy, yeah. whatever. They're dressed nice, but not nice enough. <laughs> <laughs> right? So uh, who opens the door for them? <laughs> but Leatherface. And that is the end of the movie. Like, the actual end of the movie. So it bears the question, Steph, if you found out that you had inherited, like, a beautiful mansion in like rural texas and you went and it was like everything you've ever wanted in a house i mean granted we're in your house right now and i love your house your house is beautiful <laughs> i do love your house you like your house is amazing but like if you found out like you had inherited like this insane mansion in texas with like a bunch of assets and everything and you went down and the caveat was you have a homicidal cousin living in your basement would you be like yeah i'll take the house and i'll take care of them I would probably try to find, you know, a way to get rid of the homicidal maniac in the basement. Yeah. I'd be definitely interested in the house. I'd probably sell it, to be honest. Would you tell the new owners about this homicide? I would get, I, I would get him out of the basement before I sold the house, Ashley. Come on. I just feel like, I feel like it would be more fun to sell it, not telling them that there's a homicidal maniac living in the wine cellar. I guess. I feel like that would be a fun little twist. But Remind I, me to never buy a house I you. am a sociopath. Um, what do we have, what do we have for the body count in this movie? Well, initially I had five. Um, so initially I had five. Um, however, there's way more than five because of 
the 30 some odd people in the beginning massacre like the 36 Sawyer members I lost track as soon as they threw the first Molotov cocktail and like the whole place went up in flames I was like I I lost count I can't yeah like I I was (laughs) counting them and then five minutes into this and I lost count I have no idea but there's there's a pretty massive body count I mean there's you know there's there's Nikki there's Ryan there's Kenny there's Daryl the hitchhiker yeah the Um, mayor the mayor uh, the mayor's friend um you know uh, the cop that gets his face peeled off uh, the son doesn't die though carl doesn't die does he not no you think that he would maybe but he I'm, doesn't. Th- I'm thinking of his friend that was there which ollie i think his name was. oh right and yeah. um and then you know the 36 sawyer family members and steph on a on a rating of one to five <laughs> but obviously one being the worst five being the best what would you rate this movie i'd probably give it a three a which three? is you know more than i gave dead end <laughs> <laughs> um but you know the, the the special effects were pretty good up for, until. The, for, for the most part up until the very <laughs> end when, blew their when, you, when you automatically noticed when they started losing money or didn't have enough <laughs> but it was super gory um at least the movie progressed forward not progress it didn't progress in a way you wanted it to but it did progress forward unlike dead end which just stayed stagnant the entire time. <laughs> yes. One, one, like it was a neutral from start to finish. There's no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would give this movie a two. I, you know, the, I understand like it's, it's kind of like campy and funny and, but it's like, you know, if, if it's supposed to be a direct sequel, yeah. you know, I don't need the do your thing cuz and welcome to Texas motherfucker. And like, and I don't need Leatherface humanized. Like yeah. I don't, I don't need it. That I don't really want annoying. it. You know, send it back to the chef. I don't want it. Um, speaking of, speaking of chefs. <laughs> Should we talk about the recipe that you have prepared for us today? I'm going to put it on our Instagram, but do you want to talk about what you've made for us today? Yes, I would love to, actually. Yay! So, so we were watching Texas Chainsaw, and what other to eat while watching Texas Chainsaw than Soylent Green? I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not people. But the closest thing that I could come up with <laughs> that was close to people uh, is going to be pulled pork. And I know what you're thinking. It's kind of like, well, there are no recipes that go with pulled pork. For shame. The recipe, <laughs> shame on you. The recipe actually lies in the barbecue sauce I made. Yes. So um, normally what I would have done is uh, slow cook the uh, the pork. However, it is technically spring, but we're also in Massachusetts. So it's probably about 35 degrees today. It's very cold. It's very cold. It's a very cold day. Um, so smoking <laughs> meat outside was not really much of an option. There's no way we'd be able to keep the grill hot enough. Um, but anyway, so I, you know, I just slow cooked it in the slow cooker, um, and the recipe, so it, it's the barbecue sauce. Um, and just as a little side note, I just want everybody here, if you've never made your own condiments, start. It's super easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so much tastier <laughs> and you can just make it with other condiments you might have. <laughs> so, so basically any barbecue sauce is a base of a salt and a sweet. So what I did with this one was um, ketchup and brown sugar. So um, obviously there's other things that go into it. I did put some red wine vinegar into it, made it a little bit sweet, um, some dry mustard. Um, Again, to get the smokiness, I used uh, smoked paprika and smoked salt that I also added in. Um, But it's been slow cooking 
all morning. Actually, this morning I your, got, got up at like 6 a.m. to start that. Your kitchen smells amazing. When I walked in, I could smell it. And I was like, oh, I, like we need to, like this episode is considerably, well, not considerably. It's a little bit longer than the Dead End episode, which is understandable because Dead End took place on a road. And it was just a road. And how long can you talk about a road? Um, this, this movie, of course, kind of traverses, you know, multiple locations. There's a lot of facets to the movie. So we had to get a little bit more in depth. Um, but I've been sitting here and my stomach is like rumbling and I'm just like, I cannot wait to dive into this cold pork. Um, our friend Sean just got here. He's not allowed in the recording session because we hate him. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, he, he's downstairs playing with the dogs to keep them quiet. But Sean brought some coleslaw and some rolls. So I'm just I'm so excited to dive into this. And um, yeah, the recipe will be up on our Instagram. I'll have that up at the time that we put this this on air. It's going to be on SoundCloud and Spotify. You can find us baking to the B movies. Um, we are on Instagram, Baking to the B Movies. We are on Twitter, which is Baking to Baking to B Movies. I couldn't fit the the, the extra the in there. They got like a character limit, which is stupid, but <laughs> so I just I did what I could. Um, and yeah, so you can you can find the recipe there. It'll it'll be up when we put this recipe up. Andy's gonna edit it and make it sound good and put our cool <laughs> intro music in that you that we should we should acknowledge that you play the intro music. That's you. It is me, actually. Um, I wrote it and played it. And she, we she's put it very, in. Steph is very talented. <laughs> she's an amazing cook. She's an amazing musician. She's got a great sense of humor. She loves bad movies. And that's why, like, you're my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. So is, there, is there anything nice you'd like to say about me <laughs> while I'm sitting right next to you? Um, you are on time today. <laughs> <laughs> I was punctual. That's all you can come up with. <laughs> I was punctual. <laughs> I was um, on time. <laughs> uh, well, you did finally motivate me to actually create a podcast, which Yay. I've been meaning to do for many years. And all, all it took was me to go, we should start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. I work better off with a sidekick. Bounce humor off of each other. Um, we will, we're going to pick another movie. We'll, we'll talk about that later. And we'll give you guys a little hint into what the movie is going to be. Our next one, you guys can guess. Um, but yeah, we will be back with a new recipe, a new movie, um, hopefully be a little bit warmer out and yeah, that would be nice. We both sound like really good today. I, I think in our first episode, I know my allergies were, I, I sound, I listened to it. I was like, I am so congested. <laughs> um, so I had to take some Claritin today. So hopefully I sound a little bit better than I did during the first one. And you sound amazing as well. You always, <laughs> you always sound good stuff. Well, last time, actually, my vo I lost my voice uh, about four days before that. So I was oh God. pretty raspy come that day. But whatever, we pulled through. It's fine. It was great. But um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today, guys. Um, we hope that you enjoyed this subscribe um give us like five stars or whatever on spotify um hello um, fresh if you're listening like you'd sponsor us <laughs> so, love a hello so, fresh sponsorship <laughs> right so if there's any like if there's any movies out there that anybody listening to this would like us to yeah poke fun at and you know come up with food and if things you, like that if please, you made a, yeah means. if you made a bad movie and you want us to kind yeah. of tear it apart like you know send us a link we'll do it <laughs> yeah, we're absolutely. not we're not above that um and if you it's have my any favorite <laughs> <laughs> like those homemade um and if you have a recipe that maybe you think would go good with the horror movie you know let us know we're always up for trying different things in the kitchen so yeah um you, you know where to find us and we will see you guys next time this has been baking to the b movies my name is ashley and my name is and we will catch you guys later bye
拜。